Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Yes, welcome. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Catch on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, this is this is going to be kind of fun here. Uh, got a couple weeks where um, I'm going to pick up some folks uh, recording our interview at, uh, at a gathering, which I am at uh, down here in, well, it's outside of San Diego um, in the, the beautiful town of Ramona in the foothills around the mountains there east of San Diego. And uh, we, uh, this is just such a great event. Um, we're here with, uh, oh, maybe 12 or more other gentlemen, most of whom are pastors or former pastors or uh, Christian musicians. Uh, last week we had Bob Bennett, and uh, he he was there, and so it's it just a beautiful time of uh, very informal sharing our lives and talking amongst each other, and definitely um, uh, an opportunity for transparency and openness and people being honest, uh, which we don't get often too much in a Christian context. Uh, we can talk about that some more if we want to, but uh, we are very fortunate to have with us a, a guest we've had before, but it's been a while. His name is Dave Horner, and he's a professor at both Biola College and Talbot Seminary. So, uh, Dave, welcome uh, to Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Good to be and, with you. And we're actually sitting one foot apart right now yeah, yeah. at a desk. And I've <laughs> never done that before. So uh, this will be really cool. It's always been over the phone. and uh, But here we are uh, together. And and so we can talk on top of each other and sure. do all that stuff. <laughs> um, okay. Tell us uh, what you do at, uh, at Biola and uh, and but okay. what are your subjects? What's your what do you what do you what's do you what do you love about it? You must love something, or yeah. you wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I teach uh, at Biola. I teach undergrad biblical studies and theology, hmm. and uh, so mostly what I do is Christian worldview type stuff, introduction to what it means to think Christianly. Oh wow! Uh, developing a Christian mind, that sort of thing. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of the beginning of the theology track that every student has to take. And uh, right. so I I can pick up on many years of campus ministry that I was involved in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love that. And so those are freshmen typically, and then I have uh, hardcore graduate 
students in philosophy. Oh, that's, wow. so that's what I do at Talbot. At Talbot School of Theology, we actually have the, at least at one point we did, I don't know if it's still the case, but the largest graduate program in philosophy in the world. No. Yeah. So that's amazing. It's, it's, that's a whole different animal. That's kind of my major field. And so I love that. They're just really different. It's kind of, yeah. you know, crazy to move from yeah. freshmen to, super serious graduate students. Right. But it's fun and I've never been a stable person. So <laughs> this this can, it helps me to continue to be unstable. Well, gosh, this is philosophy. Goodness. Uh we we don't even hear about philosophy much anymore. And uh I can remember when I was in college, it was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, people a lot of people were we're into philosophy because it's kind of it, we had time to think. Yeah. We had, you know, one, maybe one of the first generations after the two world wars and the depression to actually grow up and have some time to think about what on earth we're doing here. Yeah. And that's is that not what philosophy yeah, no, is that's, about? That's that, exactly. And you know, I'm a li- slightly behind you, but same basic mm-hmm. generation and. You know, people did. They they read philosophy. They talked about it. You know, existentialism was a yes. big thing in the mm-hmm. era. Francis mm-hmm. Schaeffer was yes. cool. Yes. And uh, and when you'd engage in in ministry on campuses, you know, you could talk about stuff, and you could you could you could stand out there and you know yes. do open air things or just talk to people and. And nobody was offended by the fact that that you would disagree, you know, agreeably, and <laughs> and you could talk about the meaning of life, and it, you know it was great uh, because you know the gospel has a whole lot to say about yeah. to these these fundamental uh, philosophical questions mm-hmm. of personal identity, what you know, why is there something rather than nothing? What's the meaning of life? What does it mean to live a flourishing life? That was actually the central philosophical question among the ancients. Socrates, wow. Aristotle, and these guys was what what does what does it mean to live a flourishing human life? What does it mean to be a good person? Wow. And uh so yeah, we lost a lot of that. We lost our ability to have have the time to do it and so on, but in in recent years, there's been a, a huge revival of interest in philosophy across the board. Really, and as, outside of Christian circles, and, and too? As, but especially in Christian circles. But hmm. yeah, outside, yeah, it's a it's a going concern. You know, I mean, people mock it. You know, like, well, you can't get a job doing it. Right, right. But there was there was You're a doing rec- that then. But the, yeah, but there was a there was a recent uh, Rolling Stone article. It says if you want your kids to get a job, have a major in philosophy. Really? Yeah. And we'll that's no, this is not an obvious wow. connection, but it's because they, you know, it, it, it's about how to think, mm-hmm. and you know that's always an important thing. And so. so, what was their argument? So that whatever field you're going to go into, yeah. learning how to think yeah. is going to help. Obviously, yeah. help you. You know. Uh, one time I was a soccer coach for my uh, 
my daughter's soccer team, and that was not one of the high points of the game of soccer in the history of, of mankind, but uh, <laughs> this, there was another dad that would stand on the sidelines. <clears throat> His little girl was out there, so I got talking to him. Not a believer to my knowledge, uh, but a great guy, and uh, he had been the CEO of Schwinn Bicycle at one point. So he was a very successful guy. Yeah. And so I, I said to him, now I tell my students, uh, you know, it's not, you don't, you know, it's really important for you to learn how to think, how, how to, I didn't use the term emotional intelligence because I don't even think it was around, but basically how to engage with people and so on. The kind of stuff I, I didn't talk about, I didn't say philosophy, but I said liberal arts, mm-hmm. which, because, you know, people put down the liberal arts because you can't get a job or whatever. But I, so I just threw it out there. I said, you know, I tell them this is a really important background for a career. He said, I will come to your class and tell them if you want me to. He said, when I was, you know, a CEO, he said, we needed, we, we could tell them how to do the job. We needed people who knew how to think, mm. how to relate to people, people who had integrity, you know, and that kind of stuff that liberal arts at least is supposed to help, mm. help to cultivate. Mm. But of course, all the more so we talk about the gospel, but so much of, of the Christian tradition has lost that, that, that idea that, you know, the, a whole section of books in the Bible is wisdom literature. Mm. It's basically how to think, how to be a wise, intelligent person. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really the old model. It's the ancient classical philosophical model of wow. wisdom, which is not just number crunching or lo- even logic crunching. It's, it's, a, it's about how to you know, how to navigate wisely through the world. So anyway, I love, you know, I love doing it because that's what I get to talk about. Wow. What, why do you think uh, it's, it's dropped off so much? It, within the Christian world? No, all, all over. Well, you know, there, there is a, <clears throat> there's an assumption that, it's all about getting a job, mm-hmm. right? And so you need job training. And that's, I mean, you do need job training. I mean, that's, that's important. Um, but somewhere along the line, the, the model for education kind of became that. And again, that's, that's an important part of it. But I don't, you know, I don't know what all the ingredients were that came into it. I mean, in the 19th century, the American colleges were very much a part of uh, learning not only philosophy, but theology. So, in fact, the model for American 19th century colleges, and these are state colleges, you know, you know today's universities, like the University of Michigan or something, um, <clears throat> their aim was to develop people to be wise us and and um, reliable and dependable and citizens with integrity 
if you can imagine. <laughs> and the final course, this capstone course of the, of the college career would be taught by the president. Wow. And it was moral philosophy or moral theology. Wow. Sometimes it was called moral theology. Wow. And when was that? That was just, a, you know, just in the 19th century. Yeah. So, it, you know, 1800s and probably even into the early 20th century. And so now people are so afraid of, you know, of religion and, and all that. But they're, but they're also, they just think it's just about learning how to do a skill to get a job. Mm-hmm. And there's just been lost this vision of, uh, but I but I have found uh, when students engage some of these these mm-hmm. old authors, mm-hmm. and that includes scripture, you know, they just realize, oh my, that's these are the questions yeah. I'm asking. Yeah. I, I have it. Do you want to? No, please, <laughs> okay. please. So I, a, a quick story came to mind. It's not exactly mm-hmm. about college, but. It illustrates, kind of illustrates the point. Uh, uh, when my sister died, we, my brother and I and her her widowed husband needed to meet with the lawyer for a tax for a thing because we co-owned a cabin in the mountains that we had built in Colorado. And so, as we met with this lawyer in the town where I grew up, he started telling us a story. He was a big fish in a small pond, star basketball player, star student, went off to Stanford, became a basketball player at Stanford, came home and was a huge fish, you know, went to law school, became a lawyer, was on the board of the bank and all that. And he said, I just destroyed my life, lost his family, lost everything. And he said, my friend, my friend's mother died. And so they had the service at a church. He said, so I went and I sat in the, in the pew and there was a Bible in the, in the rack in front of me. So I opened it up and, and he says, I opened to Ecclesiastes and I started reading and I thought, Oh my God. He said, he's looking around. This is me. And so he, he went to the, the reception thing afterwards at somebody's house and he cornered the pastor in the kitchen. He said, do you the pastor of this church? Yeah. He said, have, have you read this book? <laughs> he said, yeah. Have you, re- have you read Ecclesiastes? <laughs> guy says Ecclesiastes. Yeah. He said, yeah. He said, who wrote that? And he just started, he said, that's me. And, and he came to Christ wow. through Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Wow. Now that's wisdom literature, and mm-hmm. it's pretty obscure, you know, to most of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, and yet, it's that's at the heart of okay, what yeah. kind of life is worth living? Yeah, what's life all about? Yeah, and uh, you know, so, you know, to some extent, you can help people can see that as they read some of the, especially the old philosophers like yeah. Aristotle yeah. and so. Yeah. So when I uh, when I was in college. Uh, I remember how excited I was when I discovered um, Blaise Pascal yeah. and his writing. And I remember that my parents had <laughs> the, uh, you know, those people who go around selling Encyclopedia Britannica yeah, 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 yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. My parents, you know, succumbed to 
somebody selling them the Harvard classics and it came yeah. in, a, in its own bookcase and, yeah. you know, the, all the whole series yeah. of, you know, so if you read through all these books, you will have a yeah. Harvard education. And <laughs> I remember that one of those books was all complete writings of Blaise Pascal. And I thought, well, who is this guy? And so I started finding out about him and reading about him and reading, realizing that he, he is thought by many people to be the best argumentative writer and prose writer of all time. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, they they studied him in Harvard just to study how to argue, you know, how to think and how to put together an argument. But if you read all of this argument, what is it all about? Yeah. It's all about uh, the support for the gospel yeah. as being true. And I just had to laugh and say, all these years, these guys are forced to have to read this stuff because he was such a good thinker. Yeah. And yet, yeah. Yeah. And yet, yeah. you know, you also, you, you find, and then the, the real joy is to find his little poem that he had sewn into his yeah, coat. His coat, yeah. Which was his own personal experience with God. And that, that's not intellectual. That is. Heat, you know, yeah. joy, emotion. God, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. encountering God right now, and, uh, and and this is unbelievable. And you think how that one man un, has unlocked down through history so many other people just because they're, you know, they're trying good. to learn how to think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, C.S. Lewis, you know, said the the best way to influence the world. You know, it's not by writing Christian chemistry books. It's by writing the best chemistry books so, as a Christian. As a, you know? Oh, yeah. So yeah. you just got to love it when somebody yeah. does it. You know, Pascal is in, somewhat argued, uh, actually invented the computer. Right. Well, I calculus, see his yeah. name so often yeah. in that. So he was regard. one of the you know initial guys to come up with the idea of that. Do you have any other people like that? And people, I mean... Those people excite me. I mean, people yeah. with really been blessed with incredible brains, and yet at the same time, they are able to grasp God, which is a whole different thing. It's not using, it's, it's yeah. their emotions, it's their heart. Yeah. You know, are, are there any other heroes you have along those, those lines? Well, I just wrote a book chapter <laughs> uh, about St. Augustine. Oh, okay. You know, he would be one. Yeah. I mean, just brilliant. And he arguably uh, wrote the first autobiography in the sense that we think of an autobiography of kind of plumbing the, mm. you know, the depths of one's soul. soul, soul and, yeah. And, yeah. and it's, you know, I mean, he was, he was a convert, you know, came out of paganism and, and, um, but deeply, he had he had all those elements, you know. Mm -hmm. He had the passion, the emotional uh, experience. Uh, he could he could do logic crunching with the best of them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, one quick little anecdote, kind of related to the blend of things. This is not of of a great hero, but one time when I was in Boulder. Uh, was at a Christian study center, kind of modeled after Francis Labrie's, or right. Francis Schaeffer's Labrie, mm -hmm. and uh, 
and we co-sponsored with the University of Colorado um, philosophy department. We co-sponsored a conference, philosophy conference, on the problem of evil. And we had mm. some leading Christian philosophers, and we had some leading atheist philosophers. Wow. And and then a bunch of also Rands like me. <laughs> and and then at the end of the so for like three or four days, we just now who sponsored this? The philosophy department and yeah. and and our little study center. It and and the Society of Christian Philosophers. You know, mm. it was kind of the banner. Wow. And it was great. But for a few days, we just kind of beat each other up, you know, intellectually and stuff. You know, it, this was before things got like they are now. It, there was no nastiness, but it was yeah. it was hard, hard yeah. stuff. But then in, in this, I'm thinking of you here, uh, the one of the guys in the philosophy department who, who actually was a Christian, he would invite everybody over to his his townhome the last night and bring your musical instruments. Huh. So huh. we had a guy, one of the philosophers is a blues harp, you know, harmonicus. A few of us were guitarists and stuff. And so we just, we played together and, and we started the, several of us who are Christians, we started playing gospel songs, you know, just a closer walk with the, mm-hmm. And I just remember looking at and seeing a couple really hardcore atheist philosophers mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. standing there, just moved. Wow. You know, really moved by it. Mm. One guy had tears in his eyes. Wow. And, and I thought, okay, what we're doing here, it's not a replacement of what we've been doing. Both are, both are important. Mm-hmm. But there's mm-hmm. something here that is able to be communicated musically mm. that, I mean, you know, music is God's gift. And wow. um, so that's when I started uh, leading my classes yeah. in uh, worship, singing. Oh, when I began, really? I was teaching it huh. at, a, at a seminary in Colorado. And that's, I, I thought, well, hey, I can do that. I wow. like this extra element. How cool. You know, I'm so I, I think I think what I'm sensing in all this is that that we need we just need to go deeper. We need to be deeper thinkers ourselves, and and deep and wide. Remember that old yeah, one, deep, yeah. deep and wide. You know, um, it's it's both ways, and uh, you know I. I'm still going back to the the Schwinn guy that yeah. you mentioned, yeah, and how important it was from his business CEO standpoint yeah. to to have people who could talk about life and who know what life is and and know the more deeper questions. And uh, I've been doing a, a lot of interesting uh, study lately. My wife and I have been kind of digging in uh, a lot to what Tony Robbins talks about. Hmm. I don't know if you know much about I, him. A lot of people just bit. think he's a motivational speaker. Yeah. He's not. Huh. He, he is a, he's an amazingly connected person. And what he does is, for instance, he'll, if he wants to know about business, he'll just get about 14 of the 
greatest businessmen, the most successful alive, and get them in a room and have them start talking and find out what what is important. What are their top yeah. three things? And that's all. That's all he's done all across the board, and um, it's amazing. But it seems like you know he's always coming up with the same types of co- conclusions. These guys are not. And the, the the real brilliant people don't end up, you know, being brilliant just because of their knowledge or their information. Yeah. But it's their ability to 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 think and to connect yeah. things in life um, that people really need, and and to see what's really happening, what's really going on in the world, and. Uh, it's always those that, that that deeper thing. When they all get together, that's what they talk about. They don't, you know. Sure. Uh, They're not talking technique stuff. Yeah. 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 They're talking about meaning yeah. and uh, and reality. And boy, um, you know, we uh, we need it. We we need more of that today. Uh, where does this come down, do you think, to just the average person? Uh, you know, what do we what do we want to be pursuing here more more than anything, just to be able to be more valuable to the Lord? Well, you know, I think what you just suggested from via Tony Robbins uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> is probably a great idea. You know, to say, you know, rather than you know, sometimes maybe getting together a few people mm-hmm. over coffee and and not necessarily saying, okay, so, you know, what? let's go through this book mm-hmm. or, you know, let's do this particular Bible mm-hmm. study mm-hmm. as, as good as those things are. But maybe, maybe it would be worth having some conversations like that with people, mm-hmm. maybe a, a little bit of a diverse group of people. And, you know, trying to come up with the key questions, whatever yeah. the Tony Robbins questions, yeah. but yeah. what's most important to you? You know, what, what have you found? Tell me your story. Yeah. And, you know, or what have you learned that really has made a difference in the way you, and um, because I think once you start identifying some really important questions, you realize, okay, this is sort of the area I need to, to think about mm. and I need to explore more. I, I mean, I can give suggestions of, great books, you know, the heart, some of the Harvard yeah. Yeah. Uh, books or something, but which that can do it too. That, that's a really important thing to, to expose yourself to great thinkers. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis, you know, had his wonderful essay on this mm-hmm. called on the reading of old books. Oh. And, yeah. and he said, basically, you know, he says, I'm not against new books because I'm writing new books, you know, <laughs> and I want you to buy my new books, but but you know we don't even know we don't know whether these new books are worth anything mm-hmm. you know it, it they'll that will be known mm-hmm. 50 years 100 years mm-hmm. from now with the whatever's left will be worth something but uh but the the old books mm-hmm. you know if they're still around there's a reason they're still around the fluff has probably been filtered out yeah. and he said at the very least they weren't perfect. There were blind spots that they had, but they're not the same blind spots as we have. Right. And we don't even know what our blind spots are. So the, and that's we why they're blind. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. 
and we can't we can't read the books of the future to find out to look at them. So we can only go to the past. And so, I, I think, you know, that that can be really valuable too. That can maybe a, be a way to start spawning some of these conversations. But you know, just getting a different take on what's important. And what do you think about that? And let's explore that. That's great. Asking, asking people questions. Yeah. Uh, questions are, are, are so valuable. And, uh, and then uh, what I, what I just got a picture of while you were talking was uh, thinking about people as treasures, almost, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to be mined, you know, what, yeah. like, uh, anybody you could be with, yeah, as, as yeah. a bum on the street, yeah, you know, it's somebody who's got some wisdom. Yeah, if we have the patience to ask them and listen and yeah. to dig for it, you, yeah. uh, of course, then you, have, you have to develop the trust level and all those other things. But yeah. those are all part of uh, becoming yeah. how important how important we each are. And learning, yeah. learning how to know. We, and we, sh- we should we should think that we have something to learn from anybody that we're That's talking great. to. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I have found is is when if I'm kind of aware of that and I mm-hmm. think about that mm-hmm. and I ask some questions like, wow, mm-hmm. I'm looking at life differently now because of this person, uh, this group, this group we're with right now. Yeah. I mean. It's a diverse group, yeah, and it's yeah. a pretty eccentric group in a lot of ways, which is always good, I think. And, uh, man, you know, just so much to learn. Yeah, and uh, and that's what makes it interesting, and that's what creates relationships and keeps us in relationships. Yeah. Um, well, Dave, this has been great. Thank you so much for helping us to touch on some more some of the more important things in life. It's a pleasure. It's fun. Glad, it's fun to be with. Glad you. you get a chance to uh, to do that all the time. So keep yeah. keep opening the minds and hearts of of kids. That's that's exciting. Great. Thank you, brother. That's okay. very exciting. Okay, folks. Well, there you have it. That was Blog Talk Radio for another night. And you can join us next You're week to the for with John Fisher on There you go. For the Cats with John Fisher. And uh, thank you, Gunner. <laughs> and, uh, um, we'll see you again next week. Or uh, who knows what we're going to talk about. It'll be exciting. God bless you all. And uh, we'll see you later. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.